0: You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome into a special post-game edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast, looking back at BYU's 43-26 victory over the University of Houston in TDECU Stadium down there in Houston, Texas. Big-time win for the Cougars as they rally to come from behind and win this one. Improved to 5-0. We'll get you the highlights from the game, my thoughts on it, your thoughts on it, even some post-game audio as well. A lot to get to, and let's waste no more time and get into it. This is a special post-game edition as the BYU Cougars beat the Cougars of Houston 43-26. Let's roll.
0: Wilson, junior quarterback. He is the most accurate passer in the FBS. Over 80%, 81 and change. You got here just in time. Dax Mill down the sideline from Zach Wilson. And thanks for joining us. BYU touchdown 78 yards on their opening touch of the football. First play score. Katoa the tailback Wilson gives it to him and that is a touchdown and that is final with set for Toon down the Dice middle throw. again and a touchdown for Trahan third down and goal for Toon to the goal line and touchdown his eighth straight completion is a score for Dell Toon spinning Toon steps up Toon oh did he what a run Second and goal. Quick hitter to Milne, and he has goal eyes. Touchdown. Oh, boy. And they're going to onside kick it. BYU will take out the special teams' tricks as much as any team in the country, and they get the ball back. It was Talmadge Gunther who came up with it for BYU. Riverboat Kalani. That's Algier in motion into the backfield. Wilson, little shovel pass and wakes in. Touchdown, Mason Wake. What a play call by Jeff Grimes. And there he did it again to great success as Algier reaches wow. for two. And BYU has a three-point lead with 10 and a half to go. Oh, Wilson, he's going to uncork for the end wow. zone. And he drops it in beautifully. It is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. Oh, a parachute over the shoulder. Come on. Tyler Algiers slicing down the middle
1: for six. So fast. So powerful. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. But you guys all know that. And what you just heard are the highlights from BYU and their win over Houston. Some marvelous plays made by both teams. It felt like a game of different quarters, and we'll break into this here in just a second. But all in all, a great win for the BYU football program as they improved to 5-0 on the season with a 43-26 victory over the University of Houston. Zach Wilson, starring role once again, a career-high 400 passing yards as well as a career-high 4 passing TDs in the victory he looked every bit the Heisman hopeful, every bit the QB one, every bit the first round potential draft pick that you would expect him to be. Detractors can hate. There are a lot of Utah, Utah State, and just even general college football fans out there who want to deride what Zach Wilson's doing, folks. You cannot do it, especially after last night's game. If you're going to hate on that, you don't like good football. That's plain and simple, and you can send the haters my way. I'm happy to deal with them, but... I ain't going to take it. What Zach Wilson did in that game last night, and you heard it in those highlights, was just absolutely marvelous. Uh, Jason Benetti, the play-by-play voice you heard, and also some stuff from Andre Ware, the analyst. They're in love with Zach Wilson, and for good reason. He was lights out, folks. And more impressively, in this game, where it went back and forth, the first half, by and large, probably belonged to the University of Houston if you were to score it at halftime. But BYU owned the first quarter. They went up 14-3, a 78-yard touchdown bomb, as you heard, to Dax Mill to get things going on the first play from scrimmage for BYU. They end up with a 14-3 lead at the quarter break. Halftime, they're down big. Uh, It was disappointing to see BYU's effort level in that second quarter. The defense looked absolutely gassed, especially along the defensive line without Kairos Tonga in there. And BYU was on the ropes, folks. I mean this sincerely. I watched. A, I've, I, I have watched a lot of BYU football games in my life. I grew up a fan of the Cougars. My relationship with them is different now as a member of the media, but I still watch a lot of football in general and a lot of BYU football. And I felt like that game could have tipped one of two ways. And I'm sad to say I thought I was going to tip the way I feared it might. And I thought BYU might fall apart and this would be a disappointing loss. And obviously... Uh, kick off a cavalcade of people jumping on BYU and hitting them while they're down, to use that expression. I was afraid that was going to happen. I am pleased to say that BYU pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and rallied for the victory. Marvelous. Marvelous showing in the second half. BYU did not go quietly into the night, to use that uh, expression from Independence Day from the president there. They went out there, and the defense... They figured some things out. A big credit to Kalani Satake as well as Eliza Tuiaki for realizing that they needed to maybe go to a, to a four-man front. They needed to use some blitzes, some stunts, some twists. And they started getting after Clayton Toon, the quarterback from the University of Houston. In the first half, Toon essentially could do no wrong. He was perfectly in tune. Okay, uh, you had to use that. I'm just getting out of the way. But the second half, he struggled. He finished the game 21 of 31 for 310 yards and a- with two touchdowns, an average of 10 Yards per attempt. Uh, Zach Wilson, 25 of 35, as I said, 400 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, also had an average of 11.4 yards per completion. So just a marvelous outing. BYU struggled to run the ball, and I think that's due in part. And Kalani Satake said it in the post game that Houston sold out to stop BYU's run game. The Cougars also didn't help themselves, losing James Empey on a screen pass in this game. Was it hurt? Obviously, he'd come back from an ankle injury. You could tell he wasn't 100%, but he was gutting it out. Gets rolled up on on a screenplay and was done for the night after that. Gunnar Romney also got injured in this game in the second half, had a hamstring injury according to Chris Budden from ESPN. So BYU's beat up, folks, plain and simple. I don't think I've seen as much tape on a running back as as I saw on Tyler Algier in some time. He's got tape on both knees. He had what I like to term the elbow brace with tape where he had his elbow taped on both sides of his elbow with um, some tape in between to hopefully keep it from flexing a certain way. To protect him in that. He had his shoulder taped up. That is a young man who gutted it out in this one, folks. He has taken a lot of hits already this season. And I I tip my cap to him. Zach Wilson led BYU with 40 yards rushing on the, on the game. Algier second with 25 yards on 10 carries. BYU realized, I think, pretty quickly in that second half, you know what? We've got to start airing it out. We're not getting anywhere running the ball. We'll run it just enough to hopefully keep the defense uh, honest But you know what? The name of the game is to win the game. And I know that's a really probably crude way to say it, but all that people really care about at the end of the day is that your team, whoever it might be in this case, we're talking BYU. If the Cougars have more points than the other team, in this case, the University of Houston Cougars, you're happy. And the way BYU did it, folks, I thought was a masterstroke. They came out in that fourth quarter and just absolutely went to work. This was a blue-collar, workman-like effort from BYU, especially in the fourth quarter to come away with that victory. I came away very impressed with BYU. As I tweeted out last night, you can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. Good teams find different ways to win football games, and BYU figured out a way to win that game, being down the biggest deficit they faced all year. Obviously, they trailed for the first time a week ago against UTSA, and they grinded their way through that game. They came out with their hair on fire. The second quarter, they got punched in the mouth. uh, 17 points unanswered for Houston. It actually ended up being 23 straight points unanswered, 24 points points unanswered before BYU in the final part of the third quarter Dax Milne got that two yard touchdown pass and BYU goes and gets that onside kick which I really think flipped momentum in their favor you can't uh dream up a better scenario to work a special teams a spectacular play on that. Uh big credit to Jake Oldroyd. He comes up and dinks that one. Uh Talmage Gunther on the spot gets to 10 yards, sees the ball, receives the ball and BYU gets the ball back. They didn't go down and score off of that, but I think the momentum flipped in that situation. BYU's defense came alive in the fourth quarter, shut down Clayton Toon and the Houston Cougars. If I saw it right, I believe uh, Houston in the fourth quarter had 19 plays and only 20 yards of offense, and it might have even been 20 yards, so... Just a marvelous fourth quarter. BYU in this game, I think if you were to score it, if you want to use the boxing analogy, round by round, so you have four rounds. First quarter, BYU wins it. They're up 14 to 3. Marvelous opening, 78-yard touchdown bomb to Dax Mill and Lopini Katoa also adds a touchdown run there. The second quarter and third quarters, by and large, belong to Houston. They had a big long ninety-nine yard drive that uh, chewed up a ton of clock. What almost seven minutes? Obviously had some shenanigans in there with Micah Harper getting ejected for a targeting call and uh, Michael Porter, the running back from Houston, headbutting him and getting a 15-yard penalty of his own. A lot of reviews in that. That thing just lasted forever. So I think if you take the middle two rounds, Houston won rounds two and three, but in the fourth quarter, BYU came out with a flurry of punches and Houston didn't stand a chance. BYU won this game, folks, and it was a marvelous, marvelous comeback for them. I was impressed, honestly, and I I don't think I can say enough of how good of a showing this was for BYU. I know there'll be plenty to correct. The coaching staff at BYU is going to have plenty to harp on their players about when it comes to film review, etc. But the biggest thing is the Cougars won this game and they did it in fine fashion. And what you'd like to see from teams is you'd like to see them finish strong. BYU finished strong. Houston crumbled. Clayton Toon in particular, I felt like crumbled. He got pressure in his face, BYU stunts and blitzes and the twist they were using on their four-man front really started getting in his face, and you could see him crumble right before your very eyes. That was a big credit to BYU. I give big credit to Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick on the offensive side of things. They had a lull in that second quarter where they couldn't get out of their own way. They made the adjustments in the second half. I thought they did a great job calling plays. It is very concerning, let's acknowledge this, that BYU was not able to pick up third and one or fourth and one multiple times in this game. Is that a situation where if you have James Empey at center, it's fixed? I'm not so sure it is. Houston packed the box. Nine and ten guys right near the line of scrimmage when those plays were snapped. It is hard to block all those guys all at once. And BYU struggled. So they're going to have to figure something out in terms of their short yardage here and get it going. It would have been nice to see BYU convert one of those and really, I think, gain some confidence in that, but that may have to wait for another week or so. But, man, I know I'm just blathering on here at this point, and thanks for joining us, plain and simple, but I think the biggest thing is BYU put on a masterclass of how to close out a game in this one. They went out there, the defense, without three of their best defensive linemen, in my opinion, three of the top, I'd probably say four or five linemen that they have, are not available. Kairos Tong out due to illness. Two season-ending injuries based on what I understand for Lorenzo Fawatea and Naisa Mahe. Well, you have your top three nose tackles out. Gabe Summer stepped up. Seleti Feviliaki stepped up. Caden Hawes stepped up on the interior in their Earl Tuioti Mariner. That was as impressive a gutty effort as I have seen in some time. And I tip my cap to those young men. They did a great job closing this game out in fine fashion. And that's not to say that the offense didn't do some masterful things. There was the uh, Chiefs, uh, what they're calling the Chiefs uh, tunnel pass, or what are we calling it? A, a Shovel pass, excuse me, not tunnel pass. Shovel pass from Zach Wilson to Mason Wake, got the scoring going in there in the fourth quarter. Dax Milne on an absolute dime from... Uh, Zach Wilson on a third and 15 to put BYU up 10 points. And then Tyler Algier just caps it off with a nice knifing 20. So it was 14 yard run, excuse me, right up the middle to cap it off for BYU. There are a lot of haters out there, folks, plain and simple. I am seeing it more and more on Twitter. The more BYU wins, the more notoriety they're going to get. And you know what? Enjoy it. That's the biggest thing about it. Tune out the haters as Kalani Satake has been preaching to his team. I can tell you this much. He is telling his team, tune out all of the poison. Enjoy the moment. BYU is 5-0 and that is what should be celebrated. We'll get to some of your guys' thoughts on this game as well here in a moment. But I wanted to play a clip before we go here from Zach Wilson. I thought he had a great great post-game bite. It was, I think, the first question he answered. And here's what he had to say about what he learned about his team and what he thinks BYU is all about right now. I feel like the statement that we made was that we're a big-time team. You know, uh, average teams you know are inconsistent they can't they can't finish games off and you know there, there wasn't a moment of that tonight every every single play every single drive tonight was you know even if something didn't go right every single play every single drive was hey you know we're going to execute the next drive and the guys had the same mentality even when adversity hit we were down momentum shifted and you know so proud of these guys for battling back There you go. Zach Wilson, he's high on his guys, and for good reason. BYU, I think, showed out extremely well in Houston. Uh, We'll get to this here in a minute. I wanted to talk about this. I feel like BYU, if you were to also use an analogy here of a semester of college, obviously it's fall semester of BYU. Over the next three months, BYU is going to have what I'm terming, or what they've already had is one midterm. They've had a midterm each month. We'll talk about that. I'll explain more about that. We'll also get to some of your comments post game here in a moment. One thing before we move on to that, though, is a reminder for you guys if you haven't done so already, leave us a rating and review about this podcast, especially if you're listening in on Apple Podcasts. We love those five star ratings, it helps our brand grow. It also helps other BYU fans like yourselves find the podcast. And I just can't encourage you guys enough. I've got some BYU gear. I've been giving away to fans who leave us ratings and reviews. So if you haven't done so already, leave us a five-star rating as well as a sentence or two of what you like about the podcast. We'll do another giveaway here in the near future and hopefully hook you guys up with some new BYU gear courtesy of us here on the locked on Cougars podcast. All right. As I said, I wanted to use an analogy here for BYU and what I'm calling it is the semester of BYU football in 2020. And, Go with me on this. Just bear with me for a minute here. So I feel like on BYU's schedule currently, obviously there are 10 games on the schedule. I think there are four what I would term name opponents on the schedule, namely Navy, Houston, Boise State, and San Diego State. Conveniently, all four of those come in different months of the year. BYU crushed Navy to open the season in September, 55-3. A marvelous showing, 300-plus yards rushing. BYU just couldn't be stopped in that game. Last night, BYU, I guess technically, I'm recording this early on in the morning, so last night, BYU goes out and rallies to beat the Houston Cougars 43-26. to So that's what I'm terming midterm one for BYU. They had their opening, I guess what we'll call a placement exam. And they went out and crushed Navy. We'll call it the opening placement exam. They win that one. Their next midterm came up last night, 43 to twenty-six. The next midterm comes up in three weeks. The opening weekend in November, BYU goes up to Boise to Albertson Stadium, the Blue Turf, where they've never won in series history. Obviously, they've won on the Blue Turf, but not against the Boise State Broncos. They beat Western Michigan up there in the bowl game where Zach was perfect passing. So BYU, the next midterm comes up in three weeks. And then about a month after that, BYU has their final, what we'll call, well, I guess we'll call it a final. Why not? It's finals week, probably around that time for BYU. Their final will be their final home game against San Diego State. If BYU goes out and beats all of those teams placed before them, and they're sitting at 10-0 and come December 12th, I guarantee that BYU will be firmly in the mix for your New Year's Six Bowl game and a special season will have been accomplished under Kalani Satake and for the first time in well over a decade. How marvelous would that be? BYU is halfway there. They have passed midterm one and they did so in an advantageous position. They struggled with multiple injuries in this game. D'Angelo Mandel out with injury or sickness. I didn't necessarily get a... A quote on that. I know exactly what happened to him, but he did not play in this game. Kairos Tonga obviously out. You've had multiple season-ending injuries. You lose your starting center in James MP after he just came back and maybe wasn't even a hundred percent. But he goes out. It was a disadvantageous position. Disadvantageous. Let me get that out of my mouth correctly. It's late. Pardon me, folks. But they got away with it and they rolled to a victory. They closed up shop in the fourth quarter and they were not going to be denied. This is a good football team. I will stay on it. And Joe Wheat, I know you're listening to this, or at least I hope you are. If he's not and you guys hear this, feel free to reach out to him on social media. I'm hopping on the train. Put me on there. Move me off the sideline. I'm no longer all wary about the poison. I am all in on this BYU football team. I think they're a really good team. Obviously, like I said, they still got a midterm coming up in a few weeks when they go up to Boise State and obviously that final against San Diego State. But those are realistically the two remaining tests for BYU on their current schedule. If they add a Power 5 team in the month of November or early December, well, we'll revisit it at that point. But right now, BYU is off and rolling. And it sure is fun to watch a good football program, isn't it? It's a ton of fun. So I think I'm on the bandwagon. So put me on that train if you want to move me, Joe. I'm all all in plain and simple. I'm buying in. I've sat around long enough. I wanted to see how BYU would do against Houston. At halftime, I felt like BYU was going to crumble. And to their credit, they made the proper adjustments. The coaching staff made adjustments. And BYU came out and fought and scratched and clawed their way to a victory. And I'm impressed. Plain and simple. This is a good team, folks. They are a good football program. So Joe, put me on that train. All right, we'll get to your comments here in just a second. One other note for you guys real quick in this game. Uh, Last night, and I saw this after the game, Greg Rebell tweeted out for the first time since 1991, when Ty Detmer obviously was at the helm of BYU's offense, for the first time since then, what is that, uh, 29 years? Yeah, 29 years. BYU has finally gone four games without an interception. Zach Wilson put on a clinic, folks. Enjoy it. He is going to be a sensation for the rest of the season. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's jumping to the NFL after what he's done so far this year. Obviously, there's still some more to go. So we'll have some fun with that. But we'll be tracking that. Maybe B-Way makes it five games, six games. Who knows when the next interception comes? Maybe it never comes. Maybe we're celebrating things uh, come December where is in a New Year's Six Bowl game. Who knows? But enjoy the ride, folks. It's a ton of fun. And a big thank you for your continued support of the podcast here with us on Locked on Cougars. All right, let's round out this special edition of the podcast with your guys' comments on what you took away from this game. I should have sent this out earlier, but those of you that weighed in late night last night, a big thank you for your support. A couple other things for you. DJ Jabs at jakersore21 said, Thank you, Tom Homo. That's a good start. Thank you, Dax. Great game, Dax. By the way, I need to give big credit to Dax Mill. On the career night, nine receptions, 184 yards, three touchdowns. Holy smokes. Have yourself a game, son. And obviously losing Gunnar Romney was not a good situation for BYU, but Dax Milne to the rescue. Uh, as our good friend Brown Bear, Brian Brown, a uh, producer I work with at the Zone Sports Network, has termed him. He is now Milne-yanair. You get it? Millionaire, the private plane company. He's using a play on words there. I like it. I'm on board with that. So Dax, marvelous game. Great game, Dax. Let's continue on DJ Jabs here. That's a good one. Wow, Zach, another. Wow, four-man front and pass defense. Wow, momentum shifted. Wow, undefeated season. Anything I'm missing? I don't think you are, DJ Jabs. A big thank you for that. Uh, Nello Pesci, good friend, weighing in. Anything about shifting of defensive play, calling responsibilities late in the game? That's his question. I can tell you guys this much. BYU and Kalani Sitake with Elisa Tuiaki, it's similar to what BYU is doing on offense this year. Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick, they share play calling responsibilities. I don't care that you may want to quibble with me on that. I can tell you this much. Kalani Satake is about as engaged with the BYU defense as he has ever been. He understands what is going on and when adjustments need to be made, and he steps in. While he may not be on the field signaling in the calls all the time, he has a direct influence on what BYU does on defense. Eliza Tuiaki may very well have called the game of his life or the half of his life last night against Houston. And we'll never quite know because I know Kalani Satake will protect his guy and he'll, of course, deflect attention away from himself. But I do know, and I I, I will stand by this, Kalani Satake is about as engaged with the BYU defense as he's ever been He is having a direct influence on this. He may not be calling the plays, but you can see his fingerprints all over this defensive game plan, especially in that second half last night. A couple other ones for you guys. Russell Nebucher at Carolina Rays says, We saw Livingston, Capici, and Harper. Was that intentional based on performance or are guys hurt? Where's Isaiah Heron, D'Angelo Mandel? As I said, Mandel, not feeling well according to some people. I also heard it might have been an injury. I don't know exactly on that. I'll try and get some clarification. To be honest with you, Isaiah Heron, just not in the rotation right now. I think guys like Shaman Willis, Hayden Livingston, they've passed Isaiah Heron. I don't know what the situation is with Heron, but he's been passed on the depth chart. He's healthy from everything I'm aware of. He's just not in the rotation, plain and simple. I thought guys like Jared P c and Michael Harper acquitted themselves well. The Harper ejection, that's going to hurt because BYU is going to miss him for the first half of the Texas State game. But uh, Keenan Ellis got the start in place of Harper in this one and was really good, by the way. Keenan Ellis had his best game in, in quite a while for the Cougars and really liked what he showed. But Michael Harper missing out. I get that by the letter of the law that was targeting, he did not mean to target. Maybe I'm just interpreting it, maybe I'm just a homer, but the way he went in for that hit, he led with his shoulder and it just happened that his helmet came down and he led, technically according to the rule, with forcible contact using the crown of his helmet. He got ejected. The fact that the guy headbutted him and only got a 15 yard penalty, you know what, whatever. I think headbutting in the sport needs to be like other sports where you get ejected for it. It just needs to be taken out of the game. So, there you go, my thoughts on that. BYU Foam Finger saying this catch by the playback guy is completely missed. It's Dax Mill with a one handed, just crazy grab. Like, he grabs the tip of the football and, like, spins around almost on its head, and he hauls it in one handed. A great catch there. Dax just had a marvelous, marvelous game. Um, and then a couple other things for you guys. Oh, and by the way, uh, Joey, he, he tweeted at me after the game anytime you want on the train you just let me know big guy well joe i'm on the train so add me to it if you guys have got comments about the game that you're listening to now and you want to weigh in with them, feel free to send them in. You can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch if you want to send missives or su- or tweets or whatever you want to send to me there. And also, you can feel free to email the show, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. All right, that'll do it. Special edition of the podcast in the books. Regular edition returns on Monday. I'm going to rewatch this game, find out what I take away from it. We'll also see where BYU checks in in the next national polls when those come out on sunday fun weekend ahead folks enjoy it byu is 5-0 block out the haters enjoy it the cougars are 5-0 rise and shout the cougars are out folks it's a ton of fun to be a byu football fan right now have a great day or a great night whenever you hear this this has been the locked on cougars podcast for october 17th 2020